0: we talk with our non-Christian friends about science and faith. Does science fight Christianity? You don't need a science degree to listen today. No test tubes, no formulas, no algorithms, just a conversation among friends about an important part of culture and how we relate as followers of Christ. Welcome to Hill Country Institute Live, Exploring Christ and Culture. I'm Larry Lenenschmidt, your host, and we're excited to have an ongoing conversation about issues of concern and interest to the body of Christ. Hill Country Institute Live brings guests together with you to talk about issues of vital interest in our lives today. We visit the life and works of giants of another day, such as C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, and also spend time with people in ministries doing creative work to fight human trafficking, feed the poor, create quality art, and be good stewards of the environment, all with the heart and mind of Christ. If you're interested in learning about the programs of the Hill Country Institute, please visit our website, hillcountryinstitute.org. We promise to show the heart and mind of Christ in all we do and to treat guests and callers with respect, even if we disagree. Today, it's it's really a, a privilege to have two good friends with me, uh, Walter Bradley and Dan Hines. Walter and, and, and Dan have uh, walked many miles to, uh, with us as we've considered faith and science, how we serve the body of Christ, and thinking about this important area of life, Walter has a uh, Ph.D. from uh, the University of Texas. He taught at A&M and then taught at Baylor. He was a distinguished professor at Baylor. Uh, Dan is a geophysicist. He he earned his uh, Ph.D. Uh, from Texas A&M. He did postgraduate work at the Carnegie Institute in Washington, D.C., and uh, for many years ran a geophysical company trying to Determine if those things down in the ground might be be good to poke holes at, right, Dan?
1: Yep, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Had a so, great time,
0: gentlemen. Welcome. Thank <laughs> you
1: for being here. It's a pleasure.
2: Thanks, Terry.
0: You know, one of the, one of the things we we think about in the in the broadest sense is how how does God reveal Himself to us? How do we how do we know about God?
2: Yeah, I think there's at least three different ways that uh, God has made Himself evident to the to, to. made made himself evident to us. I think the first one is basically through his revelation of himself in his word, Mm -hmm. the Bible, and uh, the 1600 years of God's interacting with human beings in a way that uh, uh, ultimately was recorded uh, for our benefit, for our edification, for our instruction. Uh, I would say probably the culmination of that was his revealing himself in the most dramatic way through the incarnation. Mm-hmm. And actually coming to live among us as a person When I was a little child I used to always say I want a God with a face You know why can't we see <laughs> cool God uh, I was yes. doing a uh, program for little children yesterday Third graders and I got exactly that question I want to see God I don't want to just pray to him and not see him uh, I think the second way that he's revealed himself though is Is through his creation And in the work of his hands We see clear and compelling evidence I think a, an amazing, uh, magnificent, all-powerful, uh, and extraordinarily creative uh, 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 entity who has fashioned for us an ideal uh, universe and an ideal place for us in that universe. And so Amen. Uh, I think Romans, uh, excuse me, uh, Romans 1, uh, 18 through 20 says evidence for the existence of God is clearly seen. In the things that have been made so that those who do not believe are without excuse. Uh, Obviously, there are other passages such as Psalms 19, Psalms 8, Psalms 104 that speak eloquently to the fact that God speaks to us through the beauty of nature and through his creative work. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I think the third way that God uh, ultimately uh, reveals himself to us is through his Holy Spirit who can take the things that we read in his word and the things that we see in his world, the two books of creation, and bring those to life uh, in our own understanding and in our own lives.
0: So the Holy Spirit's uh, both a teacher and an, and an illuminator.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: And when you try to take the science uh, in too far, as I did in the, my 20s and early 30s, then you come to a dead end, uh, actually. uh uh, went in depression uh, for a short time because I was trying to understand everything through mm-hmm. science, and and that doesn't work. It's you've got to to bow before the the God who did it. Absolutely. What? But what does nature tell us about God? Go ahead, man. Yeah. The um, I <coughs> have been just delighted to have a chance to. Uh, investigate that a little bit further, since I'm uh, not working for money now, <laughs> and um, one of those uh, aspects uh, was looking into, well, okay, uh, atheists in the late 1800s, early 1900s were, they, they were on a roll, man, uh, they they thought they had it in hand, and uh, they were trying to demonstrate that there was a universe with no beginning, no end, steady mm-hmm. state, mm-hmm. and they were trying to uh, they expected very strongly and, and were writing papers about uh, the fact that the universe was not particularly special uh, that uh, just kind of any old universe would give us what we see around us right now and they uh, actually in 1900 at a math conference a famous mathematician uh, threw the gauntlet down and said okay now we've fooled around enough let's prove that our main tool to describe the universe is fully sufficient, fully powerful, that math is completely capable of telling us anything. And uh, then uh, also there was an expectation that, that we could uh, measure anything to any accuracy and that just with uh, more care, more money, uh, bigger instruments, that we'd be able to measure anything with. So science accuracy. with no limits, effectively.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, okay.
1: it's, that was the view, I think, of late 1800s, mm-hmm. um, uh, science uh, f- for many scientists but not nearly for all mm-hmm. and uh, but every one of those things I've just mentioned uh, science has proved in the other direction otherwise supporting not an atheistic view of the universe but a, a theistic view no beginning is what they anticipated but there's certainly a science has uh, given us a lot of evidence that there's something very much like a beginning uh, that it's not special uh, was the atheistic expectation, but in fact, I don't know if you've heard the phrase fine- tuning, uh, but mm-hmm. the, the universe is very finely uh, adjusted to give us the result that we we have. And mathematical models are indicating if we change the, any of those uh, the strength of gravity, the electric charge, weight of a proton, that we won't get anything like the universe we 've got. And then in 1931, a young Austrian mathematician actually proved that math was incomplete. Even if we knew all the laws of the universe and they're distilled in our these beautiful equations, you s- there's still things that are true and important about the universe that we s- couldn't find out. And then uh, about the same time, uh, people discovered something called quantum mechanics, which means there's a real limit to what uh, human beings can measure. And uh, so it's just uh, the... the Momentum at this point is definitely in the other direction. All of those issues have been uh, further confirmed in the last 80 years since those discoveries were made. Mm -hmm. So, Walter?
2: Yeah, it's interesting. In 1992 in December, uh, Time Magazine ran a cover story called Have Scientists Discovered God? Now, I was actually quite surprised that uh, Time Magazine would run that kind of an article because they're not usually very sympathetic to what I think of are spiritual things and particularly Christianity and uh, but the, uh, there had been so much of the uh, so many discoveries as Dan was highlighting in the first half and even more so in the second half of the 20th century that it was becoming very clear that what people had thought at the beginning of the century was that uh, this is going to be the century where we're ultimately going to explain everything using science and render belief in God quite unnecessary. And quite to people's astonishment it had gone precisely the other way. The more we learned, the more the dots began to simply form a pattern that seemed to, to pr- suggest in a compelling way uh, that there indeed had to be a God. And the article in Time Magazine did the usual on the one hand and on the other hand, but it was very clear that, that what was the driver for them doing that article was the huge number of books and articles and, and presentations at conferences being made that strongly supported uh, that idea that the more we learn, uh, the more it seems to point to the existence of some kind of an intelligent creator. And that was a remarkably different outcome than people in 1900 would have predicted uh, with a lot of pomp and circumstance. Scientists were, in some cases, obviously atheistic scientists claiming, this is going to be the century when we render belief in God unnecessary. Yes. And it's turned out to be just the opposite. Uh, right.
1: And of course, th- there were uh, many uh, scientists that um, somehow were able to get around the uh, the data yeah. and have different expectations. Um, mm-hmm. Carl Sagan, uh, with his series uh, Cosmos, mm-hmm. uh, was uh, um, a key one. And uh, I just heard, in fact, a trailer from a new Cosmos that's coming out in uh, a couple of months, and uh, it restated Carl's famous uh, kind of signature line in the original Cosmos section uh, uh, series uh, 30 years ago the Cosmos is all that is or ever was or ever will be. Now the Cosmos uh, series had a lot of of, uh, solid science uh, well presented and certainly dramatically presented that gave people a vision and dreams and Mm -hmm. that's important Mm -hmm. but let me repeat that again. The cosmos is all that is, or ever was, or ever will be. That sounds more philosophical than scientific, doesn't it? What What is science? Uh, what is yeah. scientific about it?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I think science with that data isn't real science. And I think that people should limit their scientific claims to those things that have some empirical uh, verification or, or substantiation. Right. And, yeah. and Sagan was just making boldface... Uh, what I call naked claims, naked in the sense there was no evidence to sort of justify.
1: No no data to clothe them. No
2: no data to clothe them, exactly, (laughs) I like that man.
1: (laughs) At a a graduation uh, ceremony at Caltech uh, some years ago, the speaker uh, said he was one of the founders of uh, Intel, and one of the things that he suggested to these young scientists was that they stay close to the data. That seems wise to me to this day. Mm So you think Carl Sagan may have overreached
0: a little bit with the data? <coughs> I, I, <Yeah. laughs> I, had a, I
2: actually had a lot of non-Christian uh, professor friends at Texas A&M when I taught there who also felt like that, that he was co-mingling his own sort of ideological or, or philosophical ideas with science in a way that they felt was un, uncomfortable and inappropriate. And sure. so this wasn't just something that made people like me sort of not uncomfortable but highly irritated but, uh, but it certainly, uh, I think, thoughtful people who aren't necessarily uh, Christians or theists also felt like he was putting way too much woo-woo in there. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. scientism commingled with science in a way that doesn't really serve science very well.
0: Well, it's time, it's time for a brief break. So we're going to wow. talk more about science, scientism, and how we think about science but in the meantime i invite you to visit the website of hill country institute that's hillcountryinstitute.org we have recordings and videos from past conferences Uh, speakers include eugene peterson alistair mcgrath andy crouch steve meyer walter kaiser and many others and if you're looking for gifts the cds and dvds make wonderful gifts and also invite you to like our page uh, on facebook that's hillcountryinstitute.org and hill country institute on facebook we'll be right back